Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in a sunny and empty capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by John Cutts, owner of Paul Mall Capital, an independent corporate finance business specializing in delivering corporate finance solutions for complex international transactions. John, hello. Hi there. Thank you for coming on the program today. Um, Now, uh, before we get started on our conversation on leadership, we have to touch on the uh, situation with COVID-19. How has this affected uh, uh, Pall Mall Capital? I was in Kuwait City on the 13th of February. My mother-in-law is recovering from multiple strokes and a heart attack in Germany. And so I took a decision to go to Dubai and not to return uh, to Europe. And I'm actually having this conversation with you in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's fascinating about being here is I have business to attend to in any case in the Middle East, and that is that we're perfectly able to operate from here. Uh, my colleagues are all operating in the UK from home, so we're able to operate virtually. Um, I think that it's quite difficult to get people to focus on uh, the world, as it were, in the future post-COVID-19. But I think that having two weeks behind us now of real concern, people are beginning to think now about what the best thing to do is how best to organize um, going forward. Dubai itself is an interesting place to be because they have very strict uh, rules as to how the place is organized. So uh, they are getting the, the, the outbreak under control and it feels actually very safe here. Do you believe that it would be possible to conduct business as you are now, even five, ten years ago? Uh, no, five or ten years ago, it would, it would not be possible to operate as smoothly, the transition, the decision, the flexibility, the ability to use technology was not available 10 years ago. Now, of course, uh, there are some concerns that the uh, the cure not be worse than the illness when it comes to the economy. Uh, do you feel that this is going to have uh, quite significant long-term uh, financial ramifications for the country? I think the... Uh the, the question, if somebody is going to de- debate whether it's justifiable or acceptable to trade uh, human life for uh, economic results or financial results, I think then uh, you know, we do have a significant problem about the morality mm-hmm. of that statement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, I think that for, for me it is, it is very clear that we're confronted here with a pandemic a pandemic which Bill Gates was very clear about in his TED Talk in 2015, but nobody really felt that it was necessary to take necessary steps to prepare. So we're now reacting to an event, um, and I think the, the consequence of this will be that when we encounter somebody, say, six months from now, nine months from now, whereas before we would have happily have had that meeting in that crowded boardroom, as it were. Now maybe we were thinking twice, saying I'm not really sure 
whether or not I want to have that meeting. I think it'll be different if there's a, a vaccine and, and people feel they can manage it. But the uncertainty is going to change the way we conduct business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it will have a lasting economic impact, yes. Why don't we switch gears over to leadership now? I always like to start the conversation on leadership with a very simple question. What does the word leader mean to you? The leader is some person or some body or something that has a clear idea, a clear sense of direction, um, and a clear set of beliefs with the ability to actually make something happen mm-hmm. out of the mixture of all those things. Um, I have a, a different approach, which uh, well, this is not the first time I've been asked to talk about leadership or comment on leadership. I'm always fascinated by followership. Mm-hmm. Why is it that people follow a certain person, a certain nation, a certain set of beliefs. Now, I think that what, 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 when you look at leadership, you need to reflect about that. Now, of course, uh, leadership is wrapped up in uh, people management. Uh, and uh, people, as we all know, have different personalities and they're not always at their best. How do you uh, reconcile uh, those two together, people's differing personalities and conflict? Management is the best use of a, of a human resource. And leadership is to actually look at that human resource and to detect you know, what strengths that, that particular individual has and to play to those strengths and to align them. What you're seeking is an alignment of interest because that's how a leadership, that's how, as it were, a leader, leadership concept goes viral because there is an alignment of interest. Look at Mark Zuckerberg in Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is an individual, uh, a relatively small number of people, but there was a concept that he created which hundreds of millions of people could align with. Let's go back to the beginning of your story. When you first started out your career in the world of work, were there any particular influences on you, whether they be someone that you worked with or for, who really shaped the way that you lead today? Yes. Uh, I started my career post-school going to Rolls-Royce and becoming an apprentice. Um, one of the boys at the school where I, I went, his father, Sir David Huddy, uh, was a very prominent person at Rolls-Royce. Uh, my father was an engineer, and uh, he died when I was very small. And I really uh, took to uh, what Rolls-Royce and David were trying to achieve. And so I was very pleased when they gave me a chance to become an an apprentice there. The fact that many years later, I would end up in a senior management position in a German-owned bank uh, seemed remarkably remote. Mm. But that's what happened. So the journey was an interesting one. But it started uh, in an environment where excellence and engineering ingenuity were paramount. Do you still try and live by those examples today? Absolutely. Uh, in terms of maintaining standards uh, and, and, and not dropping one's standards, 
uh, I mean, that has been something which I've maintained throughout my working life. Now, unfortunately, our time together is drawing to its close. But before I let you go, what does the next 12 months have in store for Paul Mall Capital? There are a whole series of uh, transactions on which we've been working, particularly focused on uh, Germany within the context of Europe. And I see a very substantial number of opportunities for investment in Germany and in the UK, uh, both strong economies potentially within Europe, in order to rebuild following COVID-19. Well, uh, John, I'd like to wish you and the whole team at Paul Mall Capital the best of luck in the coming weeks and months. Uh, And it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you. And I hope that you come back on the program at some point in the near future. John, thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Delighted. That was John Cutts, owner of Paul Mall Capital. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh, and perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex, uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time? <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google me realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex. Uh, for my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in, in, uh, in Liverpool, many, many years ago, 1962, I think that was. So I didn't, um, just... yes, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be playing, I guess, <laughs> one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was, was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports. And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Jeff Hurst was a, a first class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer. But um, whether it's business or cricket or or football, obviously the importance of leadership it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him? Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who was played under him and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. He and He's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over years, I guess he would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with, he'd worked with. So you're very fortunate. I think you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and a great coach as we had in Ron Greenwood and, of course, a great manager in Sir Alf Ramsey. So to come across people like that of that calibre can have a huge influence on your your career, of course, and, and then your life. And that's, that's quite purely the case. And in those early days um, at West Ham, uh, with with a manager like uh, Ron uh, there, 
it's also important to have uh, uh, confidence with your other players. And of course, they become your friends. Who did you look at to at the time uh, when to inspire confidence in yourself? Was it more? Was it Peter's? I think probably, well, I was very fortunate to play with the caliber of the players I did. Again, again, extremely fortunate to play with you know, the captain um, of England and West Ham and Martin Peters, who was a fantastic player. And some, as far as Martin's concerned, I think sometimes he didn't quite get the uh, recognition he deserved. What a wonderful player he was. In terms of inspiring confidence, I always probably say that the biggest influence uh, for me, I guess, would be the captain, Bob Noor. Although he was only uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier. He played for England in 62, four years before the final when I played. And so he, he was more, looked upon him more as a senior player, if you like, not as a, a guy with the same age group as me. And I looked at how he, how he uh, trained, how he acted, how he behaved, and how he played. And so he, he would say, I would also say he was a big influence. Um, me. One thing I would say about leadership, uh, what I do, I do understand clearly all walks of life. Leadership is at the top, is absolutely vital for a, a, for a business, a football team, in any walk of life to be successful. And it's quite evident. I was in the motor trade for a long time as well, selling car warranties to car dealerships. And you could almost tell when you walked into the business, uh, in a, many of the car dealerships, you could almost tell from the moment you walked in by initial reaction people came and welcomed you that the business was well run or conversely not well run at all. And so I understand the, the, the value and quality of leadership and that's why I'm very fortunate to, to be involved in my career in those early days with two, two great leaders in, in Ron Greenwood and, and Alf Ramsey. Absolutely. And um, since you've already uh, brought him up, uh, Jeff, I think it'd be remiss not to go a little bit further with that, but obviously... Uh, after uh, at West Ham, your uh, plan came to the attention of uh, South Ramsey. Now, there's a man I'm sure when you walked into a room, you knew who was um, in charge. When it came to managing that England team, what was his style like, Jeff? Well, one thing, the first thing I say about Alf Ramsey, he's probably over my life the most powerful influence who had on me um, as a person. Um, naturally it happens to an extent because he's got your whole career in his hand whether he picks you for England or he doesn't pick you it can have a great impact on your <laughs> your career and of course your life but yep. in that era I was involved for six or seven years he it was quite clear who was the boss he was quite very very strict probably at a time at, maybe overly strict but at a time you probably wouldn't get necessarily get away with it in, in today's football because it's changed dramatically in how you deal with with players then and players now but he was the most powerful man I came across and very few people and he, he was quite ruthless in getting people out who he didn't want to be who didn't want to be part of a group part of a team it is important that if you've got a group of people and that's in any walk of life they're all singing off the same hymn suit and you don't have anybody that's griping or moaning about the system. And if you've got people like that in the organisation, one thing I have learned and I've taken on in my life, my family, you've got somebody in the group that doesn't want to be part of it, you, you get them out. And Alf, I think, was was quite ruthless with that in his, in his staff. And I think that's one, thing I, one of the most serious things I think I've learned over a long period of time. And is there, do you think, 
a, a specific moment i'm sure there's probably dozens but is there a specific moment if you could uh perhaps pick right now that did show those uh qualities in uh so uh sharply yes i think for, for me certainly um i think there are instances of players who you thought would would be in the team or certainly in the squad and surprising there were not there was no necessary reason for it but looking mm. back i do think perhaps they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of the group. Um, so that that's that for me. In terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing um, in it only a few games before. I was I was playing and I played with Jimmy Greaves in the game against Yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final. And it looked at that stage as if I was going to be, be playing. In, in the team but uh, in a couple of friendly games more friendly games before the final in Poland and uh, uh, Norway I think in Denmark mm. I didn't I played two of the four games and I probably didn't quite replicate my my form that I'd been showing at West Ham and in the early couple of games for England and he he left me out in the first game of, of the World Cup against uh, Uruguay he started off with Jimmy Green and Roger Hunt. so mm. I, I had an impact of thinking I, at that stage I like I was going to play and didn't start because of just a lack of form. I didn't play quite well enough to justify my position. And somewhat fortuitously, I only got back into it because of a, a nasty gash to shin um, on Jimmy Glee's leg. And I think what you've said there, uh, Jeff, actually does sum that up really well. And more than that, whilst it's important to have that someone in charge with those qualities, it's almost useless if there isn't a strong and unified team behind them. And there really must have been moments, if maybe there weren't, but uh, let us know, in that 66 competition, the prolonged pressure on all of you, you know, the weight of a nation, did it get to you? Oh, well, not for me personally, no. I, I think, and I don't, uh, not for me, not for a second. I think mm. I was just happy to be and I'd be involved in the squad initially. Uh, not at all. I didn't. You're not aware of the magnitude of the occasion, really. Looking back, out, out. So I never really felt. People talk about pressure a lot, and it's there. And people, players talk about. People talk about it in life. I didn't really feel necessary to feel any great pressure pressure during the time I was there. And what is also important to say about Alf Ramsey, the people he, he left behind that were left in the squad after he moved one or two players out. The squad were uh, a, a bunch of very hard-nosed, professional, uh, top-quality people. And that was, again, the leadership that Al showed. He, he got people in together that were very, very strong personally. Um, uh, and I think that was part of the success we had. We were very, I always describe our, our group as hard-nosed professionals. Uh, we had some great players, but overall, they were great hard-nosed professional players. Um, and great quality people who we've kept in contact with, you know, over the years. And Jeff, I've got to ask, and I'm, I'm not making this up, I've genuinely heard that people do ask you whether or not you realised there were people on the pitch at that moment. I imagine you were busy on something else. Well, I, I did some theatre shows last year. They've gone fairly well, and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows, in fact, starting this week over the next uh, two, three months. 
And uh, at the end of the theatre shows, we have about 20 minutes where we uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions. And there's, I won't mention both. They're too long to talk about both questions. Um, one, the other one's a really stupid one. It's too long for me to tell you. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the, the other ridiculous question I get asked, did I realise there were people on the pitch? And, of course, I jokingly say, yes, I was just about to, to shoot to score the goal. And I looked round, put my foot on the ball, and looked round for a little while and said, oh, dear, there are six or seven people running on the pitch. So that's, uh, I've had been asked that once at one of the theatre shows. <laughs> so I joke, make a joke about that and saying, yes, I put my foot on the ball and waited to just have a glance round, you know. Maybe it does prove there are things that, such as stupid questions, really. Um, oh, yeah, there, are, there certainly are. I've got another one which I won't bore you with. It won't be too long to tell you. Uh, I was in a Jersey or Channel Line, Jersey or Jersey, two or three mm. years ago, and most stu- stupid, irrelevant questions, absolutely nothing to do with football whatsoever, which uh, was absolutely... But I can use that now because it, it is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe another time then. But we... Um... Uh, well, you want me, I, I can tell you if you want. You want. You got time. I can tell, I tell you if you want. Jeff, go on. Go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh, doing a, a at a dinner in the you know, Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening, and there was usual football questions. And then all of a sudden, I had a somebody at the back who who asked a question. I didn't quite hear what he said. He didn't have the microphone with him. So I said, I didn't hear what he said. Can you please give mm. this chap the microphone so I can hear clearly what he said? So the chap had the mic and he said, when a turtle loses its shell, is it naked or is it homeless? Right. <laughs> what a question. What a question. Uh, I think that would be in, definitely in the stupid category, wouldn't it? So we had a laugh about that. Uh, well, uh, and we, you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with <laughs> well, things no, like that. But then again, I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well. So it did, uh, um, it did make me laugh that day. If you can put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. <laughs> um, but there, there would have become a point, though, um, Jeff, I think um, you, you were a young man when see this happened when you must have realized that people teammates began looking at you for leadership um is that something that occurred to you or did you just realize that by by quick one way or the other people actually begin to look up for you for inspiration well possibly that's never really struck me until you've actually mentioned it now quite frankly that's a new a new question mm. does anybody look up to me I'm sure perhaps uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of, of uh, fans of, of West Ham and uh, of Stoke and of course in, uh, England fans who um, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest I, I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration. Um, you, but, you don't but, have to, but I will. Well, um, it's, it's okay for a third party to do it, perhaps. Um, perhaps that may have been the case over the years. Uh, people look at you and um, uh, maybe uh, it has a uh, helpful effect. Uh, but I do think you, you, how you behave and set examples on and off the pitches, people must realise that that's 
has has an influence how you react and behave mm. to, to situations on and off the field surely probably has an impact to younger players coming in into the team latterly um, yeah and and with that looking at um, uh, football today uh, is there anybody that you think particularly on the field or the sidelines that strikes you as someone with um, those qualities that you could identify in a in a natural leader? Um, well, a player, current players, you mean? Oh, players, managers, anybody that uh, you look to today, really? Well, I think some of the outstanding. I think the, the, the best example about a, a leader and at the moment is is, is uh, Klopp at Liverpool. Mm. He has been absolutely fantastic to uh, acquire the players and get them to their attitude is absolutely fantastic. They're great players, but there's more than just being good players in football. It's a good player with a fantastic attitude and their willingness to work for each other and the team is absolutely outstanding. Hence these unbelievable results. There are, you know, and the great players not always succeed as, as individuals or probably even uh, certainly as a team if you haven't got the right attitude alongside it. And they're probably, and that, that comes through the leadership. That's not just luck. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely leadership. He'd be the best example, of course, in, in football terms today. Uh, easily, easily. And of course, but going back not that long ago, Alex Ferguson is just absolutely, mm. you've got to take him as the first example, but Klopp's only done this over a period of time, a short period of time. But if you look at the 25, 26, 27 years that Alex Ferguson did with Manchester United, and subsequently since he's gone, how they they are not doing so well. He's the best example of management I've seen. We've seen we've probably ever seen, and I don't think anybody will see the light of that kind of leadership again. It's ast- absolutely astonishing, astonishing. And do you think? Could you imagine uh, Sir Alf or? Even Ron Greenwood managing teams today? Yes, I think so. I think, yes, no, mm. no question at all. I think they, uh, Ron Greenwood, yeah, well, the, the answer is straightforward. answer is yes. Um, they, answer. <laughs> the straightforward answer is yes. I can elaborate as much as you want, but the straight answer is absolutely categorically yes. Uh, and with, um, I know. Uh, if we could talk about this probably for the next hour or so, but um, I'm conscious of the um, time. Um, looking um, back uh, through your um, playing career, perhaps especially um, your time uh, for England, who was it uh, that struck you more than anyone else on the pitch uh, that displayed qualities of not just leadership, but uh, companionship and and level headedness that you think that have stuck with you all these years later. Well, I think we were very fortunate, and I wouldn't take any one player out. I think looking at so that, many. yeah, so many, and that's why we were successful because we had so many um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding, and uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about. Uh, all of them in, in that breath, and there was nobody. And I'm going back on an earlier earlier question for me that um, all hard nosed professionals, good good teammates, mm. good socially, 
and that's why we kept in touch with each other on our golf days every year uh, up until about five years ago. Of course, with, with the sadly dwindling yes. numbers, we we still got on. Our wives got on all together. All those years later, it didn't just finish after '66. That reunion, that camaraderie, that team spirit, mm. the, um, getting on with each other, lasted for, for a long, long, long time. And I wouldn't and when it, when you put those those questions and how you categorise those, I would pick every one of the eleven players um, who you put in that category that were like that. There was nobody else; they were all outstanding. And I think that was a big part. I can't stress how big Absolutely. a part that was. And I've said that many, many times for the success of the team. We have some great players. It, we have some great players, of course. But without the attitude uh, alongside that, going back to an earlier question, you, we wouldn't have been as uh, ultimately, ultimately as successful. Exactly. Without that, you, the, the the whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts. But with it, yes, the word, the word is team. The word is, t- the word is team. Absolutely. And I always use the word team when I talk. Sometimes you know, together, everyone achieves more. And that, that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental. And uh, lastly, uh, Jeff, looking, if, if you were to uh, give advice, and whether this is in sport or business or indeed any other walk of life, what would you identify, if you can, as the key tenant uh, that you can't go without in terms of leading a team, no matter what that team is? Single mind and uh, dedication dedication to the job um, thinking about that 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 role that job in leadership all the time it's a huge part of your life but it, you, I don't think you can switch off when you're in, in business at the top level or sport at the top level you may you know have a, have a couple of weeks holiday but I'm even sure if, if these top managers and lead, leaders in all walks of life are away on holiday on a beach somewhere warm I'm sure there's not uh, they will not switch off for, for two weeks um, and completely uh, not think about their role as the boss of an organisation. And I think that's, you're completely focused. You're always thinking about uh, things, thinking about improvements. And it's just dedication and uh, uh, tuning your life to being successful. Excellent. Well, Jeff, on that point, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Very good to nice to have a talk about this and just go over the go over the past and just uh, refresh my mem- my own memory about the quality of the players I grew up with. Excellent. Uh, another time, uh, it would be great to talk again. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. This has been the Leaders Council podcast. Thank you for celebrating excellence and leadership with us. I have been your host, Matthew O'Neill. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. The views expressed within the podcast do not reflect the views of the Leaders Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, its parent company or subsidiaries, members of staff, other guests, or any other person therein associated.